Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello and welcome to another episode of Syndicate. I am your host, Armand Haddad. This season, we are shining the spotlights on art house films and the power of cinema within our lives. Today's focus is the 2021 psychological horror, Lamb by director Vladimir Johansson. To unpack this film, I am accompanied by local film enthusiast, Anthony Zanzo. Anthony, welcome back to Syndicate. Good to be back. I'm so glad you're here. Last time you were on was The Green Knight. Yes, another 824. That's right. Yep. So we're talking about Lamb today. So other than it being an A24 distributed film, how did you first hear about Lamb? I think... Green Knight, wasn't it a trailer before the Green Knight? Was it? I think it was. You know what? I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we saw it in the theater together, Green Knight. Mm-hmm. And then we saw the trailer for Lamb. And we looked at each other and we're like, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're seeing that. Mm-hmm. And now we finally saw it. And so what did you first, you know, what did you think about the movie after you watched it? Speechless. Speechless. Yep. Why? It wasn't what I was expecting. I think the the trailer definitely made it seem one way. Yeah. And it was a completely different movie. I'm yeah. not saying that's bad, yeah. but it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, I agree. Like, the trailer made it seem like it was a horror film. Yeah. Like, akin to, like, Hereditary. And I was expecting that going into it, and it wasn't at all. There are horror elements to it, but like 75% of the film was kind of like a drama. I would say probably even more than 75%. 80 80%. 90%. 90%. It was just a very slow, and I even 
I think I mentioned to you while we were watching it, peaceful kind of movie. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't because sometimes there's like slow burn movies where right. like where you have elements of like creepiness and like there that was there, but not not a lot. It definitely it, it was definitely, I would say, like a drama. Yeah, like the main story was not the fear, the dread, the horror, but like this familial uh, bond happening between these two Icelandic parents with this child, which is a different kind of child. Mm -hmm. I was very surprised. Like before we really get into it, let me just say when the lamb child came out wearing a sweater I was like, is that Buster Baxter? <laughs> They're very androgynous. <laughs> yes. Androgynous species. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was Buster because like Buster was white and this lamb, lamb, it's a sheep. So it's white. So I was yeah. like, oh, Buster. Yeah. Buster Baxter. <laughs> oh boy. So other than that, like there wasn't a whole lot of horror involved. So this is Vlad's directorial debut feature. And I was impressed. I was impressed because of the cinematography and the framing. Like, I felt like you could pause this film at any point. And like, so I follow this account on Twitter and Instagram called One Perfect Shot. With this film, Lamb, I felt like almost all the shots were perfect shots. I think that's easy to do in Iceland. It's such a gorgeous looking country Mm -hmm. um, with very unique, you know, landscape and and weather and what i did appreciate about that is they didn't pretend to make it something it's not always so like you can get that impression that iceland is you know generally cloudy rainy and then in the winter snowy but there was definitely scenes where it was foggy it was raining but then you had your your scenes where it was sunny they're outside so it wasn't pretending trying to force a mood yeah of it being kind of dreary it was just taking taking it for what it actually is it was you know realistic in that sense yeah it felt like a slice of life yeah with iceland it wasn't like prometheus where it's like was that filmed in iceland but they like kind of like make it look alien right but the land is already kind of alien compared to what we know as north american people yeah yeah it was it was very refreshing to see like this beautiful country uh on the screen so before we go any further listeners of the show know what time it is anthony it's time for some elevator pitches please stand clear of the closing so for those that don't know if you're selling a movie on a friend you really only have 60 seconds to do so so here on syndicate today we're gonna simulate that by putting 60 seconds on the clock anthony i need you summarize lamb within one minute three two one go Lamb is a movie, if you're looking for a horror, suspenseful drama movie with beautiful cinematography, Lamb, I think, is for you. What I also appreciated about Lamb is that you could watch it for what it, for face value. I feel like a lot of times uh, movies, there's a lot of symbolism and not saying that this didn't have that, but I felt like when I was watching it, I could just follow the movie. So if you're looking for something you know 
that you can just watch, enjoy, and get those horror, suspenseful, and dra- dramatic elements, uh, Lamb definitely is for you. Oh my God, what, 25 seconds of spare. Yeah, I mean, I could have kept rambling, but <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job. So, because of the minimal dialogue, so you're like watching the actors emote on screen and also tell the story visually. And that's how you do it because it's a movie. You're not reading a book like you're watching people on screen. Yeah. And I think it depicts a realistic relationship, you know, whether they're married, they're together. So we'll just assume they're married. But it's realistic that two two people living together aren't going to be constantly talking with each other. Mm. So it was realistic in the sense is that you kind of are a fly on the wall in these two people's day-to-day lives of, you know, farming, you know, herding sheep, um, and just kind of living their lives and speaking when words need to be spoken. (laughs) So, um, you know, sometimes like with movies, it's just constant dialogue, 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 but this, this truly felt like you were just a fly on the wall, just watching these people live their lives. Yeah. Like, once again, like evoking that slice of life, like you're totally right. Like I didn't think of it that way, but like if you're always around each other, especially on a farm in the middle of nowhere, like, you know, this person so well that just like a little gesture, it's like, ah, oh, I know exactly how he's feeling or like a little eye flutter, like, oh, I know how she's feeling today. So you don't really need to speak since a lot of communication, I think it's like 90% is body language. But by with them also not saying much, it also how it was filmed also gave you that sense that there was something that happened between them. Oh, yes. So there was tension, mm. but not not like where they were at odds. Yeah. But you could tell that something had happened to them that but they didn't talk about it. And I think that's a realistic depiction too of two people who've maybe faced some kind of trauma or, you know, and they're processing it in in their own way and maybe not talking about it. So maybe it had just happened and, you know, they were processing it. So you could tell the, how they were acting with each other, that they loved each other. They were doing their day to day, but there was that lingering little bit of that Icelandic cloud (laughs) over their, their relationship. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it because, like, since there's not a lot of dialogue, there's not a lot of exposition. We don't really know what's happening. Like, as a viewer, we're like that fly on the wall. We're just observing and, like, trying to figure out what exactly is happening. And there's not a whole lot of things that indicate what the source of this tension is from. But we're going to jump all over the film, but I think it was, like, so like this film is broken up into three chapters. Mm-hmm. They don't have subheadings. So just chapter one, two, and three. Yep. And I think it was in chapter two, maybe three. Um, we see a very small grave site, a cemetery with like three graves and they're just little crosses with names on them. And one of the names was Ada. And I was like, I, I was like, wait a minute. Is what I'm seeing real? Because like the child, the lamb child, her name is Ada. That was that was the name that they they gave uh, the lamb kid. And I was like, okay, there's some sort of like overcoming grief type of thing. Um, but me saying that, 
what did you think of that that whole dynamic? Yeah, you could. You well, my first impression was that they were trying to have kids, mm. and they one of them, both of them, they were infertile. Like they just couldn't have kids. So when the lamb was born yeah. and they took it in to raise as a child. I thought they were trying to fulfill that void. I mean, which they were fulfilling that void in their lives because I was watching it under the assumption that um, because they, they could not raise children. Yeah. Um, and then now that, you know, you mentioned that scene with her at the, the grave site that do we want to get into some spoilers? Yeah, let's do it. Spoilers. Yep. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> that, that lingering tension was that they likely had a child that died and um, whose name was Ada. And then they named the lamb child Ada to kind of recreate, you know, what, what was missing and likely they were probably dressing it in the clothes that the child had too. So um, I think they were just kind of, maybe more or less picking up where they left off with their original child. Right. Because as we were watching it, this was your observation. Like I kind of just based on the trailer, I was like, okay, it's a lamb kid, but watching it with fresh eyes, you would think that it's just a lamb, a normal lamb. And they're like, Oh, kind of like a fur baby type thing. Where it's like, this is going to replace the loss that I have. I can't have kids, but I can take care of this animal just like it is my own kid. And later in the film, it's revealed that it's a lamb head on a humanoid body. And so it's like some sort of hybrid. And I was waiting for it to explain how that came to be because like the lamb was born of a lamb. And I was thinking like, did the father have sex with the lamb? That definitely crossed my mind. I didn't want to say it, but it did cross my mind that there was some bestiality involved with it. That's what I was, I was like, okay, maybe they're having marital issues. And like, he, like there's some like insidious cinematography with the father Ingvor. And I was thinking like, did he chain on his wife with a lamb? And like, now it's like this, monstrosity and like instead of being horrified the wife is like i'll raise it as my own that was that was going on in my head yeah and because i know that while we both thought that this was possibly a, an adaptation of an icelandic folk story we found out that it was not but it does play into to that yeah. but if you think about other cultures around the world with their mythology or in, in folk tales that a lot of it is human and animal you know interactions and hybrids right, right. so i thought it was definitely plausible that they were playing into that which you know is kind of less gross if it you know that's kind of the origin of it but um and i think it's perfectly exemplified in how they raise this lamb child because like like I said earlier, instead of being horrified, they take it in and they raise it as their own. And there's this loving relationship between the lamb and the parents. And it's like, it's like, 
it's not even like a pet parents relationship. It's like straight up child. Mm-hmm. And they treat it like, like it's any other living creature. It's, it's human in all regards. It's no different than them. Yeah. And, um, I know we're, we're still talking about the parents, but Ingvar, Ingvar, Ingvar. his brother, uh, shows up and, you know, we'll get more into Peter, Peter. Yes. We'll get into him in a little bit, but, um, there's a scene, um, between the brother, the two brothers and, uh, Peter mentions how, like, it's just an animal. Right. And, uh, Ingvar says like, no, it's, um happiness so after that i started to think was the lamb really just a lamb but we saw the lamb how they saw the lamb as a child Mm. so other so other people would see this as just it's literally a lamb and they're taking care of it as a child but they saw it as an actual child so i was wondering if that was something that we were seeing it in a different perspective okay? because the brother just randomly shows up and he'd be looking at them like, why do you have a lamb in a crib in your bedroom? Right. But we're seeing it as a child in a crib with a well, with lamb's head in the, their bedroom. So I thought that maybe that was something that they were. That would have been, with. that would have been amazing if they did. That. Yeah. Maybe they should mm-hmm. have, maybe, maybe I should have made this movie. <laughs> You hear that, Vlad? <laughs> oh, that would have been such a great commentary and like a good twist because like we as an audience take it at face value. Like, mm-hmm. okay, it's a human-animal hybrid. It's a chimera. And we could have had like, say like later in the film, like in Peter's perspective, it's just a lamb. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, oh my God. They're like unreliable narration and it could have been like this like good like revelation for the audience like oh my god we were duped (laughs) um but But it's a little more sinister than that yes um i want to unpack the uncle uncle peter yes to this child a little bit more because like he the way they introduce his character we don't really know what's happening with him but like he was in the trunk of a car and like either his friends drug dealers uh people that don't like him throw him out of the trunk into the middle of nowhere they take his phone they chuck it into the field and that's how we're introduced to uh ingvar's brother peter and i was like okay and you said it this guy is no this guy's no good. Yeah, anytime you're being transported in a trunk of a car <laughs> and then dumped in the middle of the no in, in the middle of nowhere, you're you're not good news. Right. And so he somehow finds his way to their house and he's crashing there for now. And he sees a child, and like you said earlier, like it's an animal. Like he's so disgusted looking at this. And he's like, why are you looking at this animal? Like it's a living creature, but like it's, it's just a thing. And I want to unpack that because like we were talking off air a little bit about this, but I want to unpack it here on air. Like in my life, I know people like this. I know people that look at animals and they don't 
see them as living creatures. They see them as objects. Yeah. They don't use she or he, they say it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how, I want to use the word dehumanizing, but like the equivalent of dehumanizing, but with living creatures. And it's like, like, do you not know that that's a, a living thing that's no different than you? Yeah, just because you can't relate to its, I say it in this general sense, its feelings yeah. and its experiences doesn't mean it doesn't have those feelings right. and experiences, whether it's a dog, a cat, a hamster, a fish. They do, in their own right, have those experiences and, and, and feelings. And I think that humans definitely struggle with, we'll never understand, we'll never relate to it, but you can look at just as being a human and, you know, you have to be able to value everyone's and um, not everything has to be relatable. And I think that's what people struggle with. And I think that's how they... Um, rationalize their attitudes towards other creatures right like i saw an illustration a long time ago and i think it perfectly showcases life on the planet because like people like see the ecosystem as like all these separate species and that is true but like if you look at the world not by separation like oh these are all, all different creatures but like we're one planet so like we're kind of one organism and we all have this collective experience and that's life. And I think that's the correct mindset to have when looking at other creatures. I think it just comes down to compassion. Right. You know, and unfortunately, most people don't have compassion for each other. Mm. And if you don't have compassion for your friend, your neighbor, you know, family, or just people in a whole nother part of the world, you're going to really struggle with having compa compassion for an animal. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not going to name names, but like someone I know, um, their dog passed away and this was years ago. And I saw on social media cause like a family member of theirs posted about it. And I was like, Oh my God. So like I texted this person. I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, about what happened i just heard the news and their reaction was oh don't it's it was i wasn't close to it so but thank you and i was like i was so shocked and this was like so seven years ago and i still remember it vividly today because like i was i didn't know what to say i was dumbfounded i was yeah. like um that that, that was your dog and you refer to it as it's and <laughs> just don't care either like you're masking the pain or you just don't care hopefully it's just masking the pain but unfortunately though you know a lot of people just um they don't like i was saying they just don't see the value yeah in another life and relating it back to lamb that was uncle peter's position when looking at this lamb creature, like not only was he disgusted at this hybrid, like this shouldn't even exist, uh, but also it was like, it's what are you, why are you having an animal in here? Like it's an animal. Um, but as his character progresses, he has a turn of, he has a turn of heart. Uh, would you like to unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, 
there's also i guess we probably need to also cover there is a romantic tension between peter and maria dean shortly after he arrives where maria and ada are in taking a bubble bath and peter and ingvar are outside painting outside the house and ingvar or um, peter goes inside and notices that they're both they're in taking a bubble bath and he obviously you know focuses on maria and you could then it's implied that he's got some kind of feelings for her and you know that kind of plays out here and there throughout you know the film um so yeah that's kind of hanging over his his presence in the home uh in addition to trying to rationalize how they're taking care of a lamb human hybrid and how they they might be mourning what is i guess implied that they may have lost a child um so yeah at first he uh doesn't understand it and is very cold towards ada and then there's a scene where maria I think she was dreaming. I don't think this actually happened. Maybe it did, but he, Peter was taking Ada out into the field with a shotgun. Right. And they get to like, I think near the river and he points it at her head and you feel like she's going to shoot her. And then Maria wakes up and she's looking for Ada cause Ada's not in the crib, but then she sees that Ada's with Ingvar on the couch mm-hmm. sleeping. So, um, she does have some premonitions and her dreams, but ultimately, um, Peter does have a change of heart and, uh, kind of takes in Ada's a niece and they go fishing, but there's always, well, they're bonding, they go fishing, they are on the tractor, they're doing these, these things. It's just, I couldn't help but feel in the back of my mind that it wasn't entirely good natured, but the unfortunate thing with his character is it never really went anywhere because, you know, he shows up unexpectedly and you know that there's some, something bad had happened with him. You're not being dropped off in a trunk. (laughs) um because you're a good guy so clearly like he has issues so you feel like there's this sinister kind of feeling around him and that kind of plays out and then he has to change a partner you feel good about it but eh, there's something still off with him and then he has a couple of moments with maria then it comes to a head when he um they're watching i don't know some sport on TV. I don't know. I thought it was soccer. I first. thought it was soccer, but I guess it was handball. Yeah. Um, it looked like dodgeball. Yeah. Something, <laughs> something, I, something we're too American to understand. <laughs> um, so they're getting drunk and, and Ingvar gets like wasted. So he passes out and Maria and Peter are left alone. And Peter gets her up against a wall and Maria kind of plays into it a bit. And then as soon as he goes in, 
she pushes him through the door and locks him in a room. Mm. So that's kind of like the end of Peter. Because once he wakes up, she brings him to a bus station. Yeah. And he goes away. So I feel like his character just like you saw like a progression, but like there was something with him that they could have fleshed out a bit and it just didn't right when you feel like he was going to be the antagonist Mm. ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He leaves on a bus. Yeah, because... There was three instances where he came on to Maria. The first time was him being a peeping Tom when she's taking a bath. So on the third time, that there was actually something that happened. And yeah. that was he kissed her. She was kissing him back. And I was like, what? What is happening? These Icelandic folk are supposed to be wholesome. Yeah. And they were they're being bad. Mm-hmm. and But it was all a ploy because like. Like you said, she locked him in, I guess, the back room. Yeah. And I was like, ah, tricked him. Like, it's weird that she knew. So she obviously knew that he liked her. And I don't know. There's just so much implication. And I wish it, like, went into detail with that. You didn't even, I don't think it even had to go into detail. I just feel like. The point of his character. So what was the point of introducing him? Because then at th- I feel like if you don't give us the background, which for the that would have been unnecessary for that kind of movie. Yeah. You needed to make him some kind of antagonist. Or you have. OK, so you have Ingvar and you have uh, Peter. They should have combined them to make a new character called Ingvar. <laughs> <laughs> like you could have had Ingvar be like. Him not liking the child at first. So, like, he has the issues of Peter, but, like, it's just centered in the relationship, the the marriage. Yeah. Where, like, she's, like, 100% down, like, yes, this is my kid. And then Ingvar is, like, it's an animal. No. And then he comes to that realization of, like, oh, I can love this animal, too. Like, my kid. Right, where he could have had those moments of... Where, like, where she was dreaming, thinking Peter was going to kill Ada. It could have been Ingvar that did that. Mm, Yeah. And it would have meant more to the viewer. I didn't, I spent the whole movie watching Peter wondering, what are you doing here? And then 
after the where he got locked into the room, I thought then he was gonna maybe escape. Like she was gonna open the door and he wasn't gonna be there. And right. that's when he was gonna like do something, like kill Ada or do something. Right. And she just drove him to the bus stop and he left. And I was like, maybe he's gonna come back. <laughs> With a herd of demonic sheep. And he just, that was it. Chekhov's gun. Like, I was like, okay, they're obviously going to use that gun. Yeah. And nothing happened with his character. I was just, I was so surprised because like, like you said, throughout this entire film, it's like, clearly he's the antagonist. He was was like the looming threat. Yeah. Over this family. And it didn't go anywhere. Because Ingvar even made a comment to peter like almost immediately when he showed up he said you can stay here as long as you want but don't interfere with your lives (laughs) but in in a way he did but not in the sense of what i thought the movie was about right because like it was sold to us as a horror film in the trailer and the classification was horror so i'm like horror thriller i think and I feel like it was more drama yeah. than definitely not horror thriller. Yeah. But not, I wouldn't classify this as a horror movie. I, I think possibly, I don't want to get off the fence early, but possibly I think they had trouble classifying this film because like, it's pretty weird. It is weird. I don't know. I felt like the horror elements didn't really land like with an a 20, this is an a 24, uh curated film and typically with their films it's like not a whole lot happens not a whole lot happens tension 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 and then it's broken with an extreme act of violence and i was waiting for that to happen yeah and the tension typically is not just that surface level tension it's it's deep tension and this i never felt that i was waiting for that to happen (laughs) And it just, yeah, it didn't come. I don't know about you, but I was dozing off watching this film. Surprisingly, I didn't. I have to admit, I'm not the best movie watcher. It could be literally <laughs> my favorite movie. And I will not doze off, but I'll have that like lull. And I, I was definitely very, maybe I was very in tune with it because I was just, I was waiting for something to happen. And I didn't want to like be preoccupied with a different thought while I'm watching it and miss something. So I think that's why, but like, no, I definitely wasn't dozing off and I, I enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. It just didn't land in the way I was expecting it to. Yeah. Um, but you know, just because it doesn't live up to what you think of it doesn't mean it's not a good movie. The way that it was marketed didn't live up to what you thought it was going to be. Right. But that's, I mean, that's usually how trailers are. It's side notes. Like I remember I was trying to. You know, you know, when you're trying to convince someone to watch a film, well, let me look up the trailer and send it over. And it was an older movie. It was 28 days later. And I was like, okay, this is the trailer. And they made it look like, have you seen the movie? 28 days later. Yeah. No. Is that a zombie movie? It's a zombie. Yeah, I stay away from zombies. Okay. So like, it's, uh, it's about like isolationism. It's pretty, it's by Danny Boyle. So it's like a little bit elevated from Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Um, I look up the trailers and they make it look like an action film. And it's like, this is not what the movie is. 
because it's like that's the thing like action sells i feel like most people who like enjoy film like want something deeper and want to think about something yeah i mean it, don't get me wrong there's always a great john wick movie where you just can watch it for what it's worth you don't need to think about it but i think cinema is becoming more like literature where yeah. you need to make inferences you need to think about it it's not it's definitely evolved um yeah if you look at a film from i mean look at james bond if you look at the sean connery films it literally was a secret agent doing his mission smacking women smacking women <laughs> shooting guns saving the day and how james bond evolved to daniel craig's bond mm, where yeah. you have james bond has feelings he has fears he it gives you a more meaningful experience so yeah. um i don't even know what we we're talking about we definitely got off track but <laughs> We're saying that this, the way it was marketed. Oh yeah. The marketing, um, is not very good, but like, you're right with like how films are today. Like in my eyes, it's a combination of like a really good book and going into art Institute, looking at a painting. Yeah. It's like a hybrid of both. It's a paint. It's a beautiful moving picture that also has this, uh, story to it. And with lamb, we thought it was going to be more dark. It got dark. But we thought the whole movie was going to be dark. Yeah, or at least just have that slow build up that I think we've been accustomed to. Not just A24. I think just a lot, think of, horror. A lot of horror recently has gone that route yeah. away from the scream. I know what you did last summer type horror to really just building it up to something more impactful instead of your little scared jumps or jump scares, whatever they call right. it. So, um, yeah, I definitely was expecting a buildup and it just didn't, it wasn't the buildup I was thinking it was going to be. Cause you know, we've, we've seen hereditary, we've seen the witch. Yeah. Um, great examples. Midsummer. Midsummer. This definitely, I feel like is more in line with the witch as far as, but the witch was better. Oh yeah, much better. much better. This one isn't going to be in my Blu-ray collection. Um, Have you seen the Black Coat's Daughter? It's also an A24 film. I've never heard of it. I was uh, before I started the podcast. I was like, I had a spreadsheet of all the A24 films they ever released, and I was like going by year. And how far do they go back? I mean, it's not like that far. What, like spring, ten years? Spring Breakers. That was what 2012, 2011. I think it was. 2011 so yeah i mean this it's for film it's new yeah yeah and well the black coat's daughter is another example of like not a whole lot happens but like it nails dread mm -hmm. it nails this the atmospheric dread and the build-up to the climactic end of the film it's a great horror film um have you seen midnight mass on netflix no you would like it because it's another example of this slow burn. And then once it burns, you'll be like, oh my God, that was amazing. And I felt something. And I'm thinking like, uh, you know, higher because I, I watched this film series. Um, so with Lamb, I don't know if it did that. No. I mean, we're talking about now at length about 
the characters, but like I felt the execution. It's funny that you said that because I was reading an interview with uh, the director. Vladimir Vladimir, And he said this movie took seven years. Let me try. What? Seven years. Was this something else? Was it a comic book? Was it a book? He just, was it he a, had an idea. Was it an animation? And it was just a thought. And he spent seven years just, he didn't even write a script until like, I think two years before the movie was going to be like made. So I was just tumbling. It was just like these, he said it was just like images and scenes in his head. So it did, it cooked. And unfortunately, you know, it's his first movie. Right. I'm going to give him the, it wasn't bad. It definitely wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't the lighthouse. I like the lighthouse. Um, <laughs> I know you don't. Um, but it, it, I think there's a learning. He'll probably mm-hmm. uh, get out of that. I agree. Like, I don't want to get off the fence yet, but like, I agree with you. Are we, I think we're getting off the fence. Do you want to just, Let's get into it. Okay. Let's get off. Let's get off the fence. Okay. So my first question for you is. Well, do we want to get in the plot? I mean, like the ending or is that. Okay. Let's do that first. Then we get off the fence. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So like you're talking about like striking images. That is the lamb child, but also the ending of this film. Would you like to get into it? Yeah. So I know we've spent the last however many minutes talking about how like it, nothing felt to really land with this movie, but the ending kind of did. Yeah. So, um, it stuck the landing. It, it's, I think it was a little wobble, like, you know, it's not a 10, it's not a 10, give it like an eight. Um, so when Maria's dropping off Peter at the bus stop, um, Ingvar and Ada are doing chores around the house, trying to fix the tractor. Um, check. I think they were going to check the fishing nets. And while they are doing that, Maria comes home. They're not in the house. Yes. And throughout the whole movie, she did have this kind of overprotective paranoia of Ada. I think... I think when you lose a child and, you know, if you lose a child, I mean, I, I've never lost a child and I hope that never happens, but I would imagine that if you do have a child again, there's that extra sense of overprotection, paranoia, understandably, and I'm not knocking that at all. So she does have that, right? Just, she's super overprotective. So Anytime they're not there, she panics. So she goes outside, and when she goes outside, she hears a gunshot. Yes. So as soon as she hears the gunshot, it, the scene immediately changes to um, Ingvar, and he's bleeding out through his neck. Mm-hmm. And so you know someone shot him. So he's bleeding out through his neck. Maria's running toward where she thinks the gunshot was. And then the first striking image of the film for me is you see this giant lamb human hybrid 
That's a man. That's a man. Very aggressive looking. And there was a couple scenes earlier in the movie where you never see it, but you know that there is something out there. Yeah. That's kind of stalking them. But it, I think it was just two scenes, one where he kills the family dog. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one earlier than that. So, you know that there's something, but they never notice it. It's never like the characters don't talk about it. It's not mentioned. They don't get a feeling that there's something out there. Only as a viewer, you know that there's something, but it's really very brief. So he shoots Ingvar and kills him and then takes Ada with him. And they're, they're gone by the time Maria gets there. Maria is hysterical. Then the scene cuts where it's just her standing by herself. And you only see her waist up, right? So you don't know where she's standing. Right. Yeah. So she's just standing. And there's clouds behind her. Yeah, there's clouds behind her. And she kind of like just seems out of it. And then I was thinking, is she at the edge of a cliff? Is she going to jump off this cliff? Is she going to take yeah. the rifle and like blow her brains out? Yeah. And then it ends. Yes. So you don't know. We don't know. What her it's ambiguous outcome is. Yeah. The reveal that there was a mythical creature of this ram man holding the gun, shooting Ingvar. I was like. What? Oh my God. And then that creature takes away the lamb kid. Um, There's a lot of unanswered questions. I don't need answers to everything, but I wish that was played with a little bit more in the film because like, I felt like that was truly the horror element of the movie. Yeah. Because I even, when we first see it, I was just like, is this all ages podcast or you could swear. Okay. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, so yeah, I, that was definitely shocking. It definitely was the horror element. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Cause I didn't think we were ever gonna, I thought they forgot. Like, I thought they like, honestly, like I thought they like were intro like kind of, putting this off in the background, but with the expectation that they were going to show whatever this is. And then, but then I feel like it got to the point where they like forgot about it. Right. So when you actually see it, that's why I would, that's how I, why I reacted that way. Cause I wasn't expecting it. Cause I'm like, all right, like we're not going to get what we're looking for. Right. Well, we got it. We did. And it was, I was like, it did elevate the film. Oh yeah. Whoa. That's, cool and interesting and thought provoking and very striking image. Um, but in the ending, we got, <laughs> they just decided to end the movie. It's like, and uh, we're done. We yep. ran out of money. <laughs> um, it, it was, it was an interesting ending. I have a, th- a thought and I, we spoke about, or I mentioned this before we started the podcast and how it reminded me of the movie, uh, mother, yeah. with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem and the premise or just how the movie plays out. They're two completely different movies and I'm not going to really get into, I don't want to get into mother, but yeah. mother, the, the core theme of mother is 
how humanity is stripping Mother Earth of her resources mm. without any kind of thought of long-term effects and how how we mentioned with as our earth ecosystem how it we're all interconnected and how yeah. without any discretion we just drill we kill you know we do all these horrible things and right. um i f- i feel like this movie plays into a similar theme where they maria and ingvar knew they had something from nature that they weren't supposed to have that may have been where her paranoia came from not necessarily the fact that they had lost a child previously and that may have been part of it too but they knew that they had something that they shouldn't have that wasn't theirs yeah and the ram man was nature coming to take it back nature's revenge yeah and um so yeah i i feel because when i was watching i'm like god this kind of feels like mother in the sense of this has something to do with nature yeah and um i think that's uh you know i I think that's what ida represented Mm -hmm. was resources was life was something we take for granted yeah and i think the ram uh man at the end was nature saying like no this is ours this isn't for you yeah and you need to respect that um he didn't do it as kindly as i just described it (laughs) but um i think that's kind of you know what that represented i think you're on point because what was the occupation of this couple they were farmers Farmers. and farmers control the land Mm -hmm. for our benefit so i think you're a hundred percent on points that's actually a really good interpretation of like the ram man and i think that's back the lamb yeah and i think that's part of the reason why the movie was takes place in iceland because i think that it's just such a sparsely populated country and they're very in tune with the land and Mm. that i think that was the perfect area of the world to demonstrate you know what we do to i mean and they weren't malicious but it it, you know it represents like the interaction between humans and the earth and creatures and that dynamic yeah because it wouldn't have had the same effect if this was shot in new york city or, or something like that it 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 yeah it meant something being there on yeah. a farm on a farm in this beautiful land yeah like untouched like that's like yes. I, I feel like iceland is like that's like a prehistoric untouched land and which is you know like that's unique to the world 100 percent. anthony are you ready to get off the fence i'm ready Okay, my first question for you. Was this a live-action Arthur film? A live-action Arthur? Yeah, you know. Walking like, down the street. <laughs> I was na, thinking na, na, King na, Arthur. Na, na. Um, no. I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. You don't think so? No. 
That would, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to get back into our third discussion. Uh, okay. And a, a more serious question. Was Maria a helicopter mom? What does that mean? Above their kid all the time, like a helicopter? Definitely a helicopter mom. I agree. Like, I mean, she had good reasons to be paranoid. Oh, yeah, right. Because, like, based on the three graves, it was probably three kids that Maybe. possibly died. Yeah, that's possible. So, and then she gets this miracle of, like, a child. And, yes, it's, like, this mythical creature of, like, a human-animal hybrid. So, it's like, okay, obviously I'm not supposed to have this. So, like, it makes sense for her to be yeah. so protective. So, I'm not on the fence about that one. <laughs> she is a helicopter mom. But was she a good mother? Ultimately, no. Ooh, hot take. Why? Does she have Ada anymore? No. Then she wasn't a good mom. Ooh. Never trust a man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Men suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she was good, but I think, well, okay. And we don't know how the other, let's just assume yeah. they had kid or multiple kids yes. to die. That's not good. And yeah. we don't know the circumstances. Could have been stillborn. Could have been stillborn. We don't know the circumstances. But for what we do know, yeah. she ultimately did not protect <sighs> Ada. It doesn't matter if it was at the husband's doing or what happened. I will say no. Do you think, so the promotional poster for this Mary and Christ, that she lost her child, because ultimately the earth, the world will destroy you and tear you apart, like Jesus? Yeah. So I definitely she, could she's, see that. Is she a good mom or she's still a bad mom? <sighs> bad mom. Okay. I think she did the best she could. she could do i mean yeah because she knew what the circum like you know seeing what the circumstances were but you know what oh did i change your mind i'm changing okay good mom because whether she did it and well she didn't do it intentionally but ultimately ada if ada represents nature ada went back to nature returned oh. to where she belongs okay and not kept for herself so yeah good mom sorry maria you're a good mom i like that she she had to let ada go and not be selfish and yep. keep her i like that because like her children died and that was like beyond her control but like instead of choosing the selfish thing and like i'm gonna keep ada she was like i'm gonna let her go this is this is beyond me so it's acceptance. Yes. Like Even though she didn't intend that, the <laughs> ultimate goal, yeah. we'll give it to her. Okay. Could this film be 30 minutes shorter? Yeah, I think what we talked about, I think eliminating Peter and, and giving Ingvar yeah. those sinister doubting characteristics would have shortened the movie by 30 minutes. Yeah. Or at least 20 minutes for sure. Yeah, Peter could have been completely written out. and could have had like a, this nice short cast of characters to work with to flesh out i mean not saying that the three characters is a lot but for this movie too was good he should have just stayed in that trunk <laughs> i agree because look i mean look at the conversation we had and look at the thoughts okay. that we've 
you know, that we feel about this movie. And, you know, it got me thinking about just life and, and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, just because the movie itself fell a little flat, just the thoughts and the conversation we've had about it, um, I think this was strong, strong movie. While I think the storytelling could have been a little bit better, the cinematography was amazing. Oh, spot on. Um, the acting was great. Like his direction, his framing, it was all good. Um, but what it leaves you with, I, I agree with you. Like it makes you, it leaves you with something, you know? Yeah. And a lot of movies, I mean, like I'll, I'll say that like the witch hereditary green Knight, these are superior movies yeah. to lamb, but I don't have those kind of feelings about. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. After watching those movies, I don't, I didn't, I don't feel the way I feel about what after watching this one, just, you know, mm. we had a pretty good conversation before, you know, the podcast started just about life and how we view the world. And I think, you know, we kind of, we did touch a, a lot about it on, in this podcast that, you know, there's not a lot of movies out there that's gotten me thinking of, about, mm. you know, those things. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if this is, you know, this was his debut, I can't, you know, I can only imagine that, you know, any sub subsequent films will definitely, you know, I think he definitely has storytelling to flesh out, but the message, if, if he can have movies with that kind of thought provoking message, then he's going to have a great career. I agree. So my last question for you, would you recommend lamb to a friend? Yes. Why? It, like we just said, it gets you thinking about life in a different perspective that you may not have thought about before. I agree 100%. Are you ready to close this out? I'm ready. Let's do it. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about Lamb. Please check it out where it is available. And before I go, thanks so much, Anthony, for coming back. Thanks for having me. I always look forward to these. Yeah, it's always a good time having you on, and we always talk about good movies. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, but if you'd like to keep this conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at Syndicate. That is Syndicate on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Have Discord? Feel free to join our growing female community there at syndicate.com forward slash Discord, where you can catch myself along with other podcasters and listeners talking about this film and others. But if we miss anything during this conversation, please send us a message at info at syndicate.com or visit the website syndicate.com. Until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye.